2: Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award winning life coach, two times best selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. Hello, gorgeous souls, and welcome to another one of my spiritual queens, Badass podcast episodes. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Vipul Basania. and Vipul, if you don't know, is an intuitive life coach and healer. His conversations create space for you to explore and discover your soul truth. He is the host of the Soul Wisdom Stories podcast and a poet. In his poetry book, Searching in Silence, he takes you on a journey to explore the question, who am I? And shares words on trauma, love, purpose, and death. The words will speak to seekers who are on their own soul-searching journey and want to rediscover discover a deeper connection to their soul. Welcome to the show V, how are you doing?
1: Thanks Emma, I appreciate you having me. Uh, I'm doing well now that we got past the technical issues that I was having before. (laughs) I'm glad to be here, I'm excited to have the conversation.
2: We've always got to trust the process. We've always got to trust the process with tech, but we're here. We've got no disruptions and we're going to have an epic conversation, I am sure. But before we get into all of your goodness, V of all the amazing work that you put out there, I would love to ask you a question that I ask every guest who comes on this show. When did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? Mm, That's
1: a good question because I think about this when um, I had that question asked to me by friends, other people I've been on podcasts with. And I always think back to, like, the key date for me is 2012. Um, But then I even think, like, I think the journey must have started many souls ago, like many soul lifetimes ago, um, to get to the point where the evolution begins happening so quickly in this lifetime. And I say quickly because that's that's the reflection I've had from people who are, biologically older than me and have said, Oh my God, you're so wise for your age. Like you've gone through so much already. You've learned so much. And I think about that. I'm like, I wonder why that is. And it's probably because I've incarnated many, many times before to learn the lessons that I now carry into this life. Um, But 2012 was an important year for me because that's really when my identity broke down. And, you know, one of the first topics I talk about in my book um, is the question of who am I? And it's because I had to ask myself that question at that particular point for the first time. And I was 21 or uh, 20 or 21 at that, at that particular point. I was at university, it was my second year. I was studying law, and I just started to feel a different direction coming to, coming to light for me um, away from what I was studying. Like I felt drawn to philosophy, religion, spirituality. I started asking questions um, around culture and tradition and why do we do the things that we do? Why does it work the way that we we're told it works? Is there a different way? And I started learning from all these different people on YouTube and um, reading books like The Alchemist, all that kind of stuff, talking about things like destiny for the first time. Um, and then I just felt like there was something more for me to explore and I wanted to lean into that curiosity. So that's one part of it. The other thing that started in 2012 as well was with my health. Um, I had eczema and hives all over my body and it really felt like my physical identity was breaking down as well as my internal one. So I basically had to seek out um, Western medication and go down that route of like the GP and then get go to a specialist, all that kind of stuff through the NHS. And then realized like, None of this stuff is a long-term fix for what's going on with me. It's not getting to the root cause. Yeah. And one story I remember that really sticks with me because this really got me to to internally think like, "WTF? What, what's going on here?" Like I've relied on this system for so long, and now this is what I am receiving from them. And I got re- um, referred to a specialist. And she's supposed to be a dermatologist. She was like, she would just done a PhD in it, and all this kind of stuff. They gave me all the credentials that, that felt reassuring to me. I went there, and when I told her the situation, she pulled out a textbook and she she started looking up the answer in the textbook. And I was like, I don't, I don't get this. Like, I thought you're supposed to be the one with the answers. Now you're looking in the textbook. I could have done that. Like, I I could have done that. Did you told me which book to look at. But basically, the answer I got in the end is we don't actually know the root cause of why you get. X and hides it's like a generational um just google it and you'll find out more and I thought just google it like that, that's what I've done and you've you've told me the same thing that I've already done and so I started seeking out alternative remedies around health and understanding my body in a different way a deeper way than what I was led to believe and I quickly realized it was to do with my gut that was one aspect of it another aspect was realizing that um my energy field was was also flooded with negativity at that point and so there was a lot of heaviness that I didn't know how to clear and that was basically influencing me and so went through that whole process and it's taken probably 10 years um, to get to a point where I'm like beginning to feel comfortable in my body I'm still not even there entirely but I definitely feel like I've come a lot further than I was at that point so 2012 I would say it was the the turning point where the snake shed its skin and began to lean into a new identity.
2: Mm. Big year, big year, and a big year for a lot of people, actually. The amount of time 2012 was a really sort of like catalyst for a lot of people having a spiritual awakening. Like you hear it more often than not now. So it's really interesting that that year was so pivotal for people but it's really interesting because I think especially when there's like health related awakenings as well like the story is always the same like it's obviously I was already spiritually awakened by this point but I can relate to feeling let down with those diagnoses and you know doctors being like I don't know Um, I even had a doctor say to me well what do you want me to prescribe you and I was like well (laughs) that's why I'm here. Like, do you not know? Like, I haven't gone to medical school. I do not know. I'm asking you your expert opinion. So yeah, I think it's interesting because I've heard many, many stories on this podcast from people who have had very strange ailments and things, you know, like, like you say, with eczema, skin conditions. And there's like, no root cause for it and then it turns out many years later it's either emotional root cause or there's like a something going on internally that they've had this really specific like test for with like a naturopathic doctor for example and then they've like found this one thing that's really helped them and changed their life and it's something they just wouldn't have found sort of in like western medicine or in your kind of like mainstream going to your GP. So it's really interesting how we can Our body is keeping the score, isn't it? Our body is giving us those messages of something's not right here. So. I want to touch upon the health stuff, but I also want to touch upon the first thing that you brought up around, um, obviously, being at university to be a lawyer, because that's a very different career path to where we see you now. So I would love to know, V, how did your journey as a lawyer transform into what you do today? What did that look like? And was it easy in your culture, especially, to step away from that kind of traditional career path to be like, do you know what, I'm going to pursue spirituality?
1: Yeah, um, it wasn't easy uh, because there was so much expectation around being a certain way and following a certain path. And if you change that path, you're a failure. And there's a lot of pressure around going in one direction and staying in that one direction. It's it's seen as um, wrong, quote unquote wrong, to explore or experiment. And if you do that, you basically look like you don't know what you're doing. You're confused. You're all over the place. And that's not just a cultural thing in terms of where I specifically come from in a Hindu traditional uh, family. It's more, I think wider society. Cause I felt the pressure of my peers, seeing my peers graduate from university and then they get promoted. They're getting uh, new job opportunities, whatever it might be. And they seem like they're going in one direction. And you see on LinkedIn, like, the way that LinkedIn is laid out, you have your your company that you're assigned to and then within that company, like, you know, you do a few years in one job then you kind of like the ladder builds beneath that organization, right? So you start to see that. And I saw that with with, um, some of my friends or um, people that I knew from university after they'd finished. And I thought like, am I falling behind? So it really got me to think about my definition of success and what direction I was going in and if what I was doing was wrong. And ultimately I came back to the idea of does it feel good to me and I remember one particular instance of sitting in front of the laptop I think this must have been like 2014 I'd finished law school so I did 2010 to 2013 University and then you have to do a year at law school to then go on to um, practice a few years after that and the other thing that you have to do before um, fully becoming qualified is find a training contract. So a, an organisation, a law firm, has to give you a contract for, for two years and you do four stints of six months in different areas um, of the firm and then they sign off to say, okay, you're a full-time lawyer, you're qualified, you don't need any any kind of assistance, you can just um, provide legal uh, advice on your own. But there's so, it's such high competition to get that two-year contract because there's so many people applying Mm. and so I sat down and I thought maybe I should do this because I don't quite know what I'm doing so maybe I should apply because I've got all the qualifications now now I just need a company to approve of me and give me that chance I opened the application for, for um, a law firm in London I put in my name the whole application was lengthy there's so many questions that you have to answer I put in my name first name, surname and I, I couldn't go on I couldn't continue to fill out the rest of the application me. was like a physical resistance between me and the screen. And I just had to shut the laptop screen. It was a Saturday morning before anyone else had woken up in the house. And I shut the laptop and I was like, I can't do it. I don't know what comes next, but I can't do this. And I knew like, the direction I didn't want to go in was law, but I didn't know what was for me. And now when I think back to that, I think it's better to spend my time doing something that I want to experiment in to find out more about myself rather than wasting money doing something or wasting time rather, sorry, doing something that I know I definitely don't want to do because time you can't get back, money you can. Once a time runs out like a sand timer, you turn it over and that's your life from the day you're born, right? So use that time wisely. If there's something that you know that doesn't feel in alignment, don't do it. Even if there there may be loads of pressure for you to do that because it's technically the right thing in the eyes of society, it's very difficult to then, pull yourself out of that and figure out what is for you. So I spent the first few years after university doing loads of different online businesses. And my definition of success was very focused on financial success and getting to a particular figure and getting time freedom so I could travel and do loads of different things. And I didn't quite care what the business was in. I started like an Amazon business, Amazon FBA eBay, I had some iPhone applications, Android applications. I started a blog. Like, there's so many things I'd experimented with, some of which made money for a short period of time and then failed. And some of them didn't even get off the ground. And so, there's so many things I'd invested in in terms of my time and money that led me to find out more about myself and basically help me understand what my definition of success was because none of that stuff was making me happy. I was doing it because I thought this blueprint has worked for someone else and it's made them rich. Maybe it'll make me rich and I'll, I'll feel the same level of happiness that I see them posting about on Instagram. And now with the benefit of hindsight, I look back and think if any of those businesses were successful, would I have been happy? No, I wouldn't. I'd be really annoyed to be running an organization or a business that I wasn't passionate about. And it would be even more difficult to step out of it because it was making me money. And my, my lifestyle was, was attached to that. So in hindsight, I saw it as a blessing at the time. I was frustrated that none of these things are working now. I can see it's working for everyone else, but it's not working for me. And then someone that I had on my podcast many years ago said to me, everything works, but not everything is for you. Mm. So you may see other people um, running organizations or doing hobbies or passions that they're really good at. And they may be really successful in it, but just because you try it and you're not successful at it doesn't mean you're a failure in life. It just means that particular avenue is not for you. So you have to find what is. And it can be easy to get disheartened when you try so many things and none of them work. And then you think, well, is there a point of me doing anything else? Because I'd seem to mess everything up or not get, not quite get the hang of anything and what you what you're doing is what i did was by going through all of those situations i realized what wasn't for me and i was learning more about myself and where my values actually were um so by the time i got to 2019 that then became more of a a spiritual year i would say so sort of second spiritual awakening um because my whole lifestyle that I was living up to that point then got flipped on his head. And I I took the time to fully pause and think about where is it I want to go next? And what is it I value in, in life? Now I'm getting closer to the age of 30. What is my definition of success and how do I want the rest of my life to look? And I would often sit with, um, the idea of death and our limited time on this planet and project myself to the end and then look back and think, how is it I'd like to spend my life so that in the end I feel really satisfied that my whole life was an amazing adventure. And if that's how I want to feel about my life in the end, then today I need to make decisions that are aligned with adventure, with passion, with peace, with harmony, whatever it is, that's going to create those memories that I'm going to be fond of when I get to my last day. And none of the things that I was doing at that time, were gonna help me get there. Those were the things I thought I should be doing based on other people's definition of success or progress or whatever it might be. And so what I realized was, as I was getting closer to 2019, 2020, now, you know, like eight, nine years of university has passed, people have been doing their careers and loads of different things, and they're just unhappy. People are still lost. So they've got the LinkedIn profile, they've been promoted, they've made money, they're in a relationship, they're married, some of them got massive houses but they're getting divorced before they're 30. They're single parents. They're really stressed with their job and they don't know how to get out of it. They're still not making the money that they want to make or they are, and they're still unhappy now that they've reached the milestone that they thought they wanted to reach when they're at uni. So now I'm like eight, nine years on, these individuals know nothing about themselves. They're really unhappy. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I haven't hit any of the goals. The external material goals that I set for myself at university um, for post-university but I'm super happy with my internal development as a character because I have a lot of understanding about who I am what I want to do in the world and what my values are and it's because I've taken the time and I continue to take the time to develop my um, intuition my wisdom my value system and continue to look at that and there's there's different tools that have helped me do that coaching therapy plant medicines um working with um meditation and walking music all that kind of stuff so we can get into that but there there's the I feel like that was a long answer but <laughs>
2: But a good insight into you know like the real steps that it takes to do that because I'm sure there are so many people listening who can relate to this or maybe they're in their 40s or 50s and they're only getting to this place of like oh my gosh I've worked all my life down this path that society paves out for us or the path that I thought I should go down and I don't want to go down that. And I'm realizing maybe I don't even know myself at all. And I think it is really, really true because for me, I I didn't go to university personally and I did pursue entrepreneurship, not through choice. It just kind of happened by chance. Um, But I knew I wanted to work. So I obviously had corporate roles and then my first business. And yeah, at the age of 30, I do feel like I've achieved huge, huge, huge things. But I also feel that I, like you said, know my know who I am, know my worth, know my values, know what I want out of life. And I do think had I have gone to university or had I have gone down a very different path of what I felt my life should have looked like, would I have had the life experience that I have now? Would I be, well, I probably definitely wouldn't be doing what I am now. But it's just funny because it's almost like that sliding door moment of gosh imagine what our lives would have looked like if we took that different path and I don't think there's any wrong path for anybody but um yeah I think it's interesting how a lot of people even at any age of their life really do sometimes have that epiphany of like do I actually know myself like what am I working for what is the real version of wealth and happiness here and I think you know, we're not taught this stuff in school, are we? There's no education on how to know yourself or how to be happy. Um, So we can't, you know, it's nobody's fault that we don't know these things. It's it's not taught. And obviously mindfulness and well-being is becoming more sort of mainstream and acceptable now. But, you know, I can imagine even for yourself all those years ago, you know, it probably felt quite a lonely journey because probably your peers and friends weren't interested in self-development
1: yeah no it was lonely, and it still is sometimes now, but it's I think over over the over the years like more recent years, um, I found people who do feel like soul family and do talk about this stuff and do want to have deep conversations and although you know I mentioned um, just before uh, you shared what you shared, I mentioned about um, not hitting certain milestones of external success, and the thing is, the person who I was that set those initial goals or or milestones to reach was doing it from a place of insecurity Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: was doing it from a conditioned place. So those goals were not authentic goals or, or it wasn't an authentic vision. It was riddled in how do I make myself feel better and look successful to the rest of the world? So none of the things, if I checked all those boxes, none of them would really have made me happy because I wasn't doing it for a place of true authenticity and alignment. And now, when I think back to things I've set for myself, and like if I reached those goals, would I be happy now? I wouldn't because I'm not the same person either. So my yeah. my definition of of um, success and happiness and progress is so different to the 20 year old version of me um, that. I live my life in a different way now. Um, But it is, it can be a lonely journey um, because not everyone does want to take the time to reflect and have deep conversations because some of it can be um, difficult because as soon as you do that, you start having to come to terms with the things that did go wrong that you could have taken responsibility for where things didn't go as planned. And then you can start to feel guilty of uh, all the time that is wasted by you avoiding the conversations that you need to have Uh, but none of it is really wasted I mean it all goes towards where you are right now in this present moment so um, yeah I think there's always an opportunity to to progress on any day that you wake up because every day is a a new uh, opportunity to start again
2: absolutely and I think what you touched on there with aligned goals is so important because I was that person too you know when I spiritually awakened found manifestation went along my journey you know there's so much noise online especially in the law of attractions but online in general about you know this is what you should be aiming for this is what success looks like and you know when I wrote my book positively wealthy that was a huge wake-up call for me of I had been chasing the wrong version of wealth. I thought that wealth meant money. I thought wealth meant career validation and the accolades and stuff like that. And I was achieving every single one of them and still felt miserable. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer.
0: And that was the whole essence of why I wrote Positively Wealthy, because
2: I realized that my goals were not my version of goals. That was not my version of wealth. And that my version of wealth was family, was connection, was love, and like a totally different version to what the, you know, outside world would have portrayed to me and does portray. And to some people, money is their version of wealth. You know, everybody can have a different version. But I think it's really interesting how often I see in the manifestation sphere people chasing goals and visions that aren't actually their own. And there's kind of this like unspoken pressure. I don't know if you agree that we have to be aiming bigger and better and all these things. And it's kind of not celebrated even to just be present or to be grateful for what we have now.
1: Yeah, I think that there is massive pressure in society like to um, progress in a particular way uh like the background i come from um coming from a traditional like hindu family and and community you know i felt the pressure from my parents in terms of needing to have a a, a quote unquote good job like if i wasn't going to do law what what was i going to do you know you said you're going to be a lawyer um and they took pride in that because they were excited that their firstborn son was going to be a lawyer so if i wasn't going to do that what is it you're going to do what office are you going to go to because going to an office and progressing in an office environment is the definition of of success in some regard. The other thing was um, getting married, Mm. you know, being married by a certain age. And my younger cousins started to get married and I still wasn't married. And so my mom was like, so you know what, when are you gonna think about getting married and settling down? And you know, she comes from a very loving place of uh, wanting to see her family expand and to have a a daughter-in-law and grandkids, I'm sure. But then they feel the pressure of, you know, they see their, their nieces and nephews beginning to, quote unquote, progress, and their own son is not um, moving in that direction. It's like, so what are you doing with your life? And so that that's one of many things, right? So like not having a, uh, a clear tra- career trajectory and not being married by a certain age or having kids by a certain age, you're seen as a failure, especially in the ethnic community. And then broader in society, like on Instagram and all that stuff. If you don't have a house and a flashy car, and you're not, you haven't got loads of followers, you're not verified, you haven't got loads of money, you're not traveling all over the world taking Instagramable pictures. All of these things are great, but the thing is, it can it can get you to live your life from a pressurized point of view, um, and you can easily fall into a state of depression because you think I'm not progressing because I don't, my life doesn't look like that. And what you don't realize is. Especially on Instagram, uh, but anywhere online, when someone shares a picture or video, that's a snapshot of their life. That's not their entire life. Mm-hmm. And you don't know the full story that weaves together each of the pictures they're showing you. Because I've shared well, a bunch of stuff, like videos and pictures, but that's not me sharing every second of every day, seven days a week, telling you what's going through my head, how I'm navigating things, and how I'm feeling. You're just getting a, a one or two minute snippet of an inspired moment that I want to share into the world. I'm not telling you everything that's going on with me. And does that mean I'm being fake? No, it doesn't. It just means that there is a story going on behind the scenes. Um, And we don't have to share that. As content creators, we can choose what we want to share. But it's just about being mindful that every human has a story and is susceptible to all emotions. so yeah it's important to come back to every every so often come back to your to your own self and figure out what makes you happy you know it could be something as simple as being present um, whilst you're living your your current day-to-day life um, you could work at McDonald's and have no side hobbies no passions and still be happy come home with your partner watch a movie and go to sleep and do the same thing again like there's nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day, it's about how much peace do you feel? How happy are you? Like that's that's why anyone wants to chase any goals anyway or create any goals. So, um, you yeah. know.
2: And it reminds me of that um, like trend of like main character energy. Um, and me and Hannah, ironically, were talking about this recently, where we were saying, you know, it's all very well for those who want to be main character energy and do all those things. But actually, like you said, for some people, that's not their goal. Maybe they don't want to run a business, or they don't want to write a book or whatever it is, whatever we're seeing on social media, maybe the for them, like you say, helping an organization or working in a certain place is so fulfilling for them. And I think as well, like we need to remember the entrepreneurs need people to help them too like everyone just can't be an entrepreneur otherwise you know like we wouldn't have anyone to help us so I think you know life works in mysterious ways but especially with like the main character energy what if someone doesn't want to be like that and I think it creates this comparison where people then think well am I wrong for not wanting to be this main character energy Mm. or whatever like they're not able to actually just be present with where they are and be like, actually, I'm really fulfilled as I am.
1: Yeah, I don't think you need to chase goals and, and live this big, audacious life that you see online, you know, with all of the, all of the accolades, like you said, of a, of a book and uh, as a CEO, eight, nine figure business, whatever it might be. Um, okay. You just have to find your definition of peace and harmony. That's, that's that's kind of where I'm at with my with my journey with so much that has has happened and you know you, you sent me a message the other day about creating a video around reflection and I was thinking about that and I think reflection plays a massive role in in my journey as um, up to this point and probably will continue to because the more I look back the more clarity I'm able to get around where I've been and that tells me about who I am now and where I'm going as well so yeah um, yeah it's all about peace and harmony that's 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 all that matters in the end you just got to find what makes you makes you feel um grounded
2: Mm, 100 percent. and whilst we're on the topic of, of reflection we'll dive into that so how does reflection play a part in your manifestation or spiritual practice and why do you think it is important that we use reflection as a tool in our spiritual toolkit
1: I think reflection is, like for me, it's been um, a tool that I've used without really knowing that I've used it. And I say that because I, a practice that I really do a lot is journaling. And when I journal, I talk about what I'm feeling in the moment. And then I trace back, like, where is this feeling coming from? What's happened in my life so far where I've also felt um, the same way? And it just gets me to understand how the dots in my life connect a lot better and if if i can do that then i can get clarity around um why i am feeling the way i am now what's going on in my life right now and then where i want to go next um and taking the time to reflect is has also been important for me to just pause and take stock of the things that i am proud of take stock of the things that i'm still feeling afraid of um or fearful around and then letting that go Um, because we can really feel ungrounded on a lot of days with so much noise, external and internal noise going on in life. Um, I mean, I've had a whole bunch of, this year, a whole bunch of um, uh, family stuff, personal stuff, relationship stuff, loads of past stuff. And then, you know, you've got the outside world, um, all the chaos in the outside world right now, all of that together can make anyone feel disoriented and, so it's important just to take the time to pause and take stock of where you are, how you're feeling, and be a little bit more intentional about how you want to feel moving forward, whether that's the rest of today, whether that's next week, or now as we get into the new year, um, how you want to feel in the new year, what what energy do you want to leave behind, and what energy do you want to take forward? So I try to keep it simple. I just, um, if, I, if I'm doing it at the end of the year, I, I talk about what I'm proud of this year, all the small things and the big things. And that helps me really see, wow, like I've had um, a quite a, uh, an immense year. And I think the more you focus on the things that you're you're good at, you will continue to write a bigger and bigger list because that's where your focus is going. So your brain will start to find more and more memories about the thing that you're focusing on. And then what do I want to leave behind that feels heavy? And then what energy do I want to embrace for the new year? So that's kind of how I do it. Um, I might light a candle or some incense do some shamanic drumming just to feel grounded and then get into it. But it's not a long, complicated thing. I try to keep it simple. Um, so it's just accessible and easy for me.
2: Mm. It's so important to do, though, because I mean, ironically, we are doing this as a topic in the membership in December. Yes. So that's why it's, it's felt so prominent for us to talk about this. But one thing that has really come from me exploring around the theme of reflection especially for the membership is actually our expectations and disappointments with the year and obviously like as we reflect like sometimes we can feel like oh that didn't happen or god i really expected 2023 to be totally different to how it was and i think a lot of us can relate to that one yeah. so um i know obviously you spoke about earlier around your family's expectations around your career so how do you navigate those expectations in your life of yourself and that are placed on you as well um and maybe any expectations for where you felt you should be in life like how how have you overcome those
1: uh to put it in simple terms just surrendering to the process of life and surrender has been a big word for me because i mentioned earlier 2019 was like my second quote unquote spiritual awakening year um and that year really got me to dive deeper into my relationship to the divine, deeper into the, my relationship to myself and my emotions and my story. And that is when I started looking at things like expectations that I have of myself, expectations that are placed on me by others, and also the expectations I have of others as well, because that is one that we don't look at. It's often overlooked because we, we don't think that we expect anything from everyone else but like, no i'm open-minded like i don't mind i'm laid back about x y and z but you're not really there is an unspoken expectation for you, for others to show up in a way that you want them to show up yeah. um so i had to look at all of those things and one of the examples i can give you is oh i'll give you two examples one is of myself and one i have i had of someone else of myself reaching kind of the age of 30 I I had reached 30 last year so I was looking back at the whole decade I was like wow I I did have a lot of expectations about how my 20s should have gone and where I was hoping to be by 30 and I thought about the 20 year old version of me and where he was in life what he was feeling and all this excitement I had about oh my god this is a new decade like I want to do all of these things in this next decade And you don't realize that life has another plan for you. Your soul has a contract that it is living out. And so all of these ideas of of possibility and excitement that I had, they were all well-intentioned, but there was another plan that was unfolding, a divine plan that was unfolding, that was helping me deepen my wisdom, deepen my intuition to then act as a springboard for the following decades, however many decades I have in this incarnation. Um and so a lot of the ideas that I of success that I had around um money, a big house, I thought I'd be married with two kids by now. I thought I would be a six figure lawyer. I thought I would be driving a Lamborghini. And this all sounds cliche, but I literally thought like I have ten years to do this, of course I can do this in ten years. This is what was gonna make me happy by thirty. I thought my health would be in a, in an entirely different place. Um And so I kind of felt invincible. But all of these ideas of success were coming from the wrong place. And whilst I haven't done any of those things, I couldn't be happier with who I am now and how much I've progressed internally and all the things that I've created along the way and what I found out about myself. And I had to really um, consciously release those things because what it showed me was I had a lot of control around how I wanted life to be. And that controlling nature creates stress within me when life doesn't look the way that i want it to look internally um and so by letting that go there's just a lot more of an of an ease and grace when you're kind of living life and allowing things to unfold the way that they're unfolding without wanting them to look a different way um Mm. and so it just gets you to release and relinquish any control that you have, because all of our stress comes from controlling, trying to control life. Like we want it to look different to what it, uh, what it is. And so, leaning into it instead of leaning away from life has has really helped. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is, I had a lot of unexpected. Uh, I'd say unexpected because I didn't realise until I had sat with it, expectation on my mom So, to give you an example. I would come home from work, like this was maybe four or five years ago, I would come home from work and she's in the kitchen cooking or cleaning or doing something. And I was working at Sky then, so I'd come back and she'd be she'd say to me, how was your day? But she wouldn't look up and she'd be her back would be facing me because she's doing something in the kitchen, this is like every day. And I'd tell her like, yeah, it was good, like this is what happened. And she'd be like, mm, mm, mm. she wouldn't say that much, like that sounds good, whatever, she'd say a few words. And then, as the days went on, the same thing would happen. And I would get so annoyed. And I'm like, why am I getting so annoyed? And when I sat with it, I realized it's because she's, I feel like she doesn't care. She's asking me, but it's it's an empty ask because she's not even turning around to look at me. And what I realized was, I was expecting her to communicate in a certain way that she had no idea how to do. Mm. And I understood that when she was growing up, her parents weren't present with her. There was a lot of domestic violence. Her mom had, had, had was in and out of the house. Her dad wasn't really present um, as much as she'd like for him to be present. And as the woman, she had to step in and study, get a job, um, cook and clean and um basically maintain the house. And it wouldn't have been done had she not multitasked. So her her way of uh I guess her definition of helping was to multitask and do everything that wasn't being done by anyone else. Um, And communication in that that respect didn't exist. Your way of showing appreciation and helping was to just get stuff done. So she didn't know how to have a present, grounded conversation because Mm. it didn't exist for her growing up. So I realized, wow, like I'm getting annoyed at something that she doesn't even know how to do. And it sounds basic to me because I'm doing it, but that doesn't mean other people know how to do it. So I had a conversation with her around it, and I told her. And she was really receptive, so that that conversation worked well. But it's just an example of how I placed an expectation on her and started to get really angry um, with something that she had no idea how to do. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really beginning to release expectations around myself more and more as I move into this new decade between 30 to 40, and um, just allowing myself to approach life in a more easy and fluid way rather than having big audacious goals i'm focused more on how do i want to feel and allowing Mm -hmm. life to fill in the day-to-day of what that's going to look like to help me feel a certain way rather than me trying to control this is how each day should look or this is how the year should look and i think by doing that you're more open to allowing yourself to be surprised and less disappointed when the year ends there's not going to be anything that you look back or as much as you might think when you look back and and think I didn't reach any of those things it's more did I lean more towards this feeling or not
2: Mm. absolutely and my goal for my 30s as I turned 30 this year was again to release expectations because I think I looked back Or my 20s, like you did and was like, gosh, like that was not how I thought that was going to pan out. But, you know, it's like even like this year as I start to reflect, you know, I'm like, it's not the year that I wanted, but it's the year I needed. And I don't feel disappointed that I didn't get to travel as much as I wanted to, because actually, if I had have been traveling Would I have been able to give my full energy to the healing that came up? Would I have been able to enjoy our new house we manifested this year as deeply as I have if we were off out traveling everywhere? So I think it's really important, isn't it, that we look at our expectations around everything. And I think the example you share with your mum is really poignant because I think so many of us can relate to that. And even I have my own examples of that where my friend Caitlin said to me, Emma how can you expect your parents to meet you with that level of emotional depth when they can't do that themselves like they can't do that singly with themselves so I think sometimes we need that reminder of we do place those expectations on other people but again if they don't have the vocabulary or they don't have the emotional depth to do those things or you know ground in like you said Um, you know, we can have those conversations. But ultimately, like, we need to give that to ourselves as well and, and not hold such high expectations of everything, even the universe as well and all the things that unfold. And I think that flow and that surrender creates the space for so much more magic and miracles to happen because we're not blocking ourselves. We're not getting in our own way and we allow, I guess, every situation to be what it needs to be for us instead of what we expect it to be.
1: Yeah, it's just a, more of a, an easy way to live life. Um, I just found that all the expectations I was carrying, you know, I talked about success earlier, but then even with my health, um, for having my body look a particular way and for me to be in tip-top, like, health condition 24-7, 12 months of the year, it was, it's, it, it's so harsh that it would cause me stress if if I failed in any way or my body fluctuated in any way, I didn't want to give myself any space to fluctuate. And, and that's ridiculous because as a human being, your emotions are going to fluctuate. Your body's going to fluctuate. You, like your perspectives on things are going to fluctuate. And so allowing yourself to be more fluid uh, frees you of needing life to look black and white every day. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the more I've relinquished that and the more I've learned to lean into to fluidity and surrender it's just become uh, just easier to trust that things are going to work out the way they're supposed to work out. Everything that I'm, I'm feeling called to will happen. It may not happen the way I think it's going to happen or the path that I see others taking, but it will work out in the way that it's meant for me. And that may look different. And so because I can't envision that, it's better to just let it go.
2: Sophie, my last question to you today then before I let you go is what is one piece of life advice that you'd like to leave my lovely listeners with?
1: Oh, there's so much. <laughs> there's so much I could say. Um, if I was to leave one piece for them, I would say let go. Let go of what makes you feel heavy. Let go of that which is weighing you down and anything that you're carrying that isn't yours i think that will create the space for whatever it is that's meant for you to to come to you so let go big or small whatever it is
2: love that wise wise words of wisdom i love that where can everyone find you if they want to learn more about your work
1: uh Instagram's probably the best place, so at Fi on instagram um and there's a link in my bio that takes you to all of all the stuff that i I do and wherever else I'm active
2: amazing well thank you so so much for coming on today V it's obviously been a joy chatting all things surrender all things expectations all things peace I feel like this conversation is going to be so so potent for anyone listening because I think we can all really relate to those expectations um, and control that we have uh, and you know throughout our 20s 30s throughout any period of our life so I'm sure people have really really enjoyed this so thank you so much for coming on V
1: And I've enjoyed the conversation as well. Yeah, thank you so much for for having me. Can't wait for it to be out, out there in the world.
2: So thank you so much gorgeous souls for joining me for another one of my episodes today. I really hope you've enjoyed Vipple and I's conversation. As always, I'll put a clickable link to Vipple's work in the description below for you. And if you want to know anything else about myself, my coaching, my videos, my books, or anything else that I have to offer, you can find it all at emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much gorgeous souls for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget, you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a fabulous week, whatever you're up to. And I'll see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love. Hold up.